Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. I'm happy to be with you again this week. Today, I'm talking with a frequent guest to the Ask Dr. Love show, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Dr. Tenpenny is a heavily censored doctor who continues to stand in the firing line in order to risk her name so that she can give you the truth about COVID-19 inoculation injuries, truth that those in power do not want you to know. Since last year, Dr. Tenpenny has been warning the public about the dangers of the COVID-19 inoculations, and she's been predicting the effect that these shots would have on humanity. We've only just begun to see the unprecedented waves of chronic illness and deaths caused by an unnecessary injection. One year later, we now have a better understanding of spike protein disease and the possible long-term ramification of the experimental unapproved injections. Meanwhile, employers, educational institutions, and governments are continuing to push humanity into taking unwanted shots with potentially deadly consequences. So today we're going to talk about the upcoming COVID shots. And as Dr. Tenpenny is going to discuss, as of August 12th, there are 146 shots in the developmental pipeline with more than 120 clinical trials underway and 33 approved for limited or full use worldwide. Let me give you a brief uh, bio of Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. She's an osteopathic medical doctor, board certified in neuromusculoskeletal medicine. In addition, she has a proficiency certification in integrative medicine. She was board certified in emergency medicine and worked as a full-time emergency medicine physician and doctor of a level two trauma center from 1986 to 1998. She's the founder of Tenpenny Integrative Medical Center, a medical clinic located near Cleveland, Ohio. Opened in 1996, her center provides a natural, holistic approach to getting well and off-prescription medicines. Her approaches have attracted patients from all 50 states and at least 17 countries. Dr. Tenpenny has invested 20-plus years and more than 40,000 hours researching, documenting, and exposing the problems associated with vaccines. As an internationally known speaker and author, her many articles have been translated into at least 12 languages. She's a frequent guest on radio and TV to share her knowledge and educate parents on why they should just say no to vaccines. You can find all links to her medical clinic, educational courses and articles, podcasts, and uh, her multiple social media platforms at drtenpenny.com. So without further ado, welcome back, Dr. Sherry. Hello. I think we have her muted. You have to unmute yourself. There, there we go. Hello. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you so much, Dr. Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. So let's dive right in because I know you have a lot you want to share. And also, I know you have uh, an important educational webinar coming up on the 24th. And you're going to be talking about a year in review and analysis of the up upcoming COVID-19 injections. So let's, let's just talk a bit about this, what you've predicted and what you see happening. Well, it was so interesting because all the way back in March of 2020, when COVID was first happening, and then we started seeing, we spent most, spent most of the rest of 2020 talking about the myth of the mask and the fraud of the PCR testing and the absolute nonsense of this, of this uh, social distancing nonsense. It was just crazy. Um, and then all of 21, I started talking about the problems associated with the COVID, with the COVID shots and identified 20, actually a total of 40 mechanisms of injury of how these shots can make you sick or kill you. We did two webinars, one in May and one in, Ju in July in 2021. And during that time, as I saw this happening, I said, you know, we are going to see a tsunami of death unlike anything we've ever seen before. And nobody believed me and everybody said that was crazy. And I was just making people be fearful over unnecessarily fearful over these, over these shots and these injections. And I said, no, it's, I said, it's going to take four to six months when we're going to, and then we're going to start seeing it and it will roll on for multiple years after that. And that's exactly what's happening right now. It's terrible. And, you know, um, I saw this, uh, he's a Franciscan monk 
And he said that the British government studies confirm that those who have received the shots in the spring of 2021 are week by week losing their immune function. And, you know, he's predicting billions of deaths in the in the years to come that the that the the post jab effects are similar to the immune immune difficulties we see in AIDS. It's true. I mean, we know that the that the messenger RNA and the spike protein and by a process called molecular mimicry, it cross reacts and destroys the body's innate immune system, which is the toll-like receptors, spelled T-O-L-L-L-I-K-E, toll-like receptors, um, which are the primary innate immune system. They're our primary defense against viruses and bacteria and protozoa and um, and amoebas and different things that they separate us. Their entire job is to continually scan the environment because the receptors look inwardly. So they line your intestinal tract. They line your blood vessels. They line anything that interfaces with the external. And they're constantly, vigilant, you know, 24-7, 365 from the moment you're conceived, actually, and start to developing organs all the way up until you die. Their job is to separate self from non-self. That's to, right. de- to determine what's supposed to be here and what's not. What is our normal microbiome and good things that are supposed to be here versus the stuff that's in trying to invade us and they neutralize it. They just um, quietly all day long, you know, say, hey, they'll let out a little whistle and call it a little white blood cells and a little bit of cytokines and they'll destroy that invader that isn't supposed to be there. And then the macrophages come along. It's a little cleanup committee and, and sweep it away. This is happening all day long in our bodies, in our, you know, in, you know, in our mouth, in our GI tract, in our, um, in our bladders. I mean, everywhere this is happening all day long, twenty four seven. When I first started studying and learning about the toll like receptors, Doctor Jamie, I it just they just made me cry because I thought they were so beautiful. It was just like God inside of us. It was like God, the great designer, created these receptors. That their job, your entire life, is to protect us from pathogenic invaders. And what does the, and the pharmaceutical companies have co-opted them and destroyed them and used them to manipulate inflammation. They upregulate them and downregulate them. And what these COVID shots do is they destroy them. And it seems so insane if you think about it, because the concept behind vaccinations is to mobilize your own immune response so that you actually can fight better. But that's not what the COVID inoculations are. They're not vaccines. They're genetic therapy, quote unquote, that actually destroy your immune system. That's exactly right. And I really didn't like it very much at first when we called it therapy, you know, gene therapy, because therapy as a general rule implies something good. I mean, like speech therapy, occupational therapy, you know, see so you see your psychologist or say, you know, for therapy counseling and stuff like that. So we think about therapy as something good. But when it comes to these COVID shots and they're um, calling them genetic therapy, they don't do anything good. They do everything destructive. It's like a lot of things inside of the pharmaceutical industry. They've co-opted words, like they co-opted the word vaccine so that we think, oh, it's just like a flu shot. No, it's not anything like a flu shot. And so it's, um, they, so they co-opted the word therapy too, to make it sound like you were doing something to modify your genes, your God-given imprint. And it's nothing, it's, it's all harm and zero benefit. And now that we know these shots don't keep you from getting sick, they don't de- keep you from going in the hospital. They don't lower the infection rate. They don't lower the death rate. It's 100% all risk and no benefit. In fact, the numbers that came out of the UK just in the last week showed that when people from the time from December of 2020 to the current time, if people all along that continuum of time, not quite two years, I should point out, have gotten shots, particularly double shots and then a booster and then maybe a second booster, one in 73 people are dead. One in 73 people. So out of 100 people that you know, or out of 75 people that you know, one of them will have been dead. If you know 150 people, it's two people. I mean, you know, we really are just murdering people with these shots. And the doctors are complicit and the nurses that follow the orders are complicit. It's so sickening. And you know, oh gosh, my brain is working faster than my mouth can go. So one of the thoughts I had is vaccines in and of themselves are not a problem. These shots. That's not true. 
the, so if do you object to the concept of vaccines I do. in general, even in spite of what, I mean, I, I want to be clear, when they put the garbage in the vaccines, are you objecting to the garbage that gets put in conventional vaccines or just the whole concept of vaccines? I don't know how we could, I mean, first of all, there's no such thing as a green my vaccine. There's okay. no such thing as a clean shot. Okay. And so um, every single injection of foreign matter, which is what vaccines are, whether it's measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox, influenza, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, Gardasil, you know, meningitis, all of them are injecting foreign matter into your body that somehow that's supposed to do good things for you. It doesn't. Right. right. So now another thing I just observed, I haven't done any studies, but I have been observing, you know, people believe, well, if I hadn't gotten the jab, I um, would die if I get the COVID, but at least with the jab, I won't die. But what I see is the only people who seem to be coming down with COVID are the ones who have gotten the jab. That's and, right. And it's and because I, we've destroyed their immune system. And I don't even know if what they have is COVID or if they're just sick from the jab. And then when they test them, the antibodies show, oh, you have COVID, but do they have COVID or is that the antibodies to whatever that jab contains? Um, we don't know because nobody looks, nobody bothers to know. And it is true that all the hospitals that over the over the course of last fall and you know, going into spring when they said, oh, the hospitals are full. Yes, they were full of people sick with COVID and almost 100% of them had been previously injected. Almost so 100%. It, it, almost 100%. And, and, you know, and, and so then I learned from a bunch of nurses that work at the Cleveland Clinic and other hospitals here locally where I am to Cleveland that in their electronic medical records, you know, where they have to write down, you know, everything in their records, they removed they removed the shot, the, the ability, if, if you ask the question, have you had a COVID-19 vaccine? You can only mark no. Oh. So it, dis so it distorts all of the data that they do, all the data harvesting. So it makes it look like everyone that's in the hospital sick with COVID is because they have been unvaccinated. As opposed to every single one that's in there had the jab, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, and all the people over the last year, two years, where they said, oh, these people died of COVID, I would maintain that the vast majority of them did not die from this infection. I mean, we had, you know, it was a normal accepted fact that somewhere between 70 and 80,000 elderly people died every year of garden variety influenza. We didn't shut down the whole world over that. And so all these people that they claim died from uh, COVID, uh, SARS-CoV-2 infection, what they really did, most of them, in my opinion, or a large number of them, died from medical malpractice. They were As not- As a result of the shot. No, no. When they just got in the hospital for if they just were in the from hospital, malpractice, okay. From malpractice. They were not given the right drug at the right dose at the right time. They were put on ventilators prematurely, left on too long. They were given remdesivir, which killed their kidneys within five days. I mean, th these people, these doctors who refused to look at anything else would ridicule patients and their families, would drive them out of the hospital for even asking, have you given my, my, my loved one some ivermectin? or some hydroxychloroquine, they would be driven out of the hospital out of embarrassment. And then when their loved one died, they would, the doctors, I heard, I've heard, heard countless stories that they said the doctors yelled at them. They just, they told them that they, we don't do that voodoo medicine here. They rolled their eyes at them like, oh, you're one of those. So disrespectful when they had a spouse or a child or a parent that was dying and the doctors were refusing to give them appropriate medication. So you so hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, from what I understand, can just abort the infection like quickly. In fact, my neighbor, who's a young man, only 30, got sick and wasn't getting over the fever. And I just said, have your GP prescribe you ivermectin. And within a day, his fever was over. Yeah. I mean, there's millions of cases like that. That's not an anecdotal report. No. That's, I mean, no. that's a report 
of one person amongst millions whose lives were changed, either that they had a mild case of this infection and they started on ivermectin and or hydroxychloroquine because they both work. They both work by different mechanisms of action. I personally, and in our practice, I mean, we prescribed uh, um, ivermectin for thousands and thousands of people last year. And I, I look, I personally, this is just my own personal opinion. I think ivermectin works great more as a pro, as a preventive. Um, and then in a di- then if you do start to get sick with a sore throat or a fever, you stay on the ivermectin, but then you add the hydroxychloroquine. And okay. usually in five to seven days, your symptoms are just gone. I believe that that cocktail of the two drugs is what they used on Trump when he was in the hospital with COVID. I think they used both. Well, they also used monoclonal antibodies and, you know, I'm hoping that he didn't get remdesivir or any of those t- terribly toxic things, but um, I don't know. That was okay. a long time ago and things are right. further now down tell the path me this, now. because um, there are, uh, sometimes I think the people who are open to critical thinking and open to the information you're talking to these people, you're preaching to the choir. How do you get through to the people who have the blinders on, who are only watching mainstream news outlets? How do you get through to those people to get them to read the information that's not the biased reporting or the fake news? How do you get them to see the research? Where can people go to see the truth about the, you know, the findings? Um... Well, there's so many places now, Dr. Jamie, over the last two and a half years. I mean, I've did over 600 interviews in the last 18 months, you know, and, and I wasn't the only one. I mean, the five docs, you know, all the rest of us, there was a the 12 disinformation dozen people. I mean, there was a whole bunch of people who were constantly putting this out here. So I think at this point in time, honestly, um, you can't save them. You can't save them all. You can't take a club to their head and make them look at the facts. Um, once they've made up their mind that this is all a conspiracy theory and there's, and all of you guys, in fact, where, when do I get my next booster? I mean, I need, you know, my immunity is waning. I need another booster. I, I, you know, most my entire career that I've spent educating people about problems with vaccines is that I operate from the principle of the parable of the sower, you know, the, the, in the Bible, the, the parable of the sower is that the sower, the farmer sows seeds. Some seeds fall on rocky soil and the birds pluck it up and eat it away. Some fall into soil and they start, it's, they get choked out by the weeds. Some starts to grow and starts to, to think, and then it gets scorched by the sun. And then some seeds land on good soil and grow up and bear fruit 20, 30, 100 times. Well, you'd never know which, which little fact you say is going to make a difference to people. You never know where the good soil is. In fact, I may be talking to you, but the real person that's a good soil may be standing across the room behind me and I don't even know they're listening. And it's not your responsibility to make it grow. And it's not your responsibility in terms of a timeline of when it is going to grow. You just plant the seed. So so my whole thing is about planting seeds. And you know, that first people that you said, how do you make them do it? You don't. They're the hard, rocky soil that it doesn't matter what seed you put on it. It doesn't matter how much fertilizer you put on it. It doesn't matter if you rototill it. Nothing's going to happen with those people. They're lost it's more them. like roto kill, not roto till, right? Something so like that. I'm just wondering: um, is there are there any medical journals anywhere that have put out information about what's actually been d- discovered is inside these these shots? Is there any place out there that's reported this? Any medical journals that are um, free? you know, from these corporate influences? Is, is there anywhere that you know that has actually said, look, we've looked at inside and this is what we find is in it. And this is, is there any place that you can go to find that science? No, but I don't know that that's really that important. I mean, it's, I mean, we know what the little bit that we do know that's in there. Why would you ever risk that in your body? We know that the messenger RNA is in there. We know that genetically modified DNA is in there. We know polyethylene glycol is in there. We're pretty sure that it has graphene oxide, and we're pretty sure that it has perhaps parasite, parasite um, um, contaminants. We're pretty sure we know that it, that the uh, that the that the COVID, um, that the Moderna shot has something called SM-102 in it, which is a horrible chemical that if you look up SM-102, it says it should never be used in humans. It should only be used in the laboratory for experimental use. 
So I guess we're the experiment. I mean, so what little bit we do know, it's enough for, for people to say, why would you ever risk putting that in your body? Why would you ever take something that is totally experimental, never done on human beings? In fact, this new bivalent uh, sh flu shot that's going to be a combination of a corona, corona MR, uh, coronaviruses, which are the BA4 or the BA5 and influenza A and probably influenza B. They've never mixed those four viruses together in a vial ever. And they only tested it on six mice and all six of the mice died, but yet they're bringing it to market. You can get it in one shot. You can get you know, a protection against Omicron and against influenza. And you could also maybe just die right there on the table too. It's horrifying, isn't it? Well, because they, they've done, they've used quadrivalent um, influenza vaccines for years they pulled them on and off the market because way, way, way back when, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, as long as they've been using flu shots, they've had three viruses in there, two, of, uh, two influenza A and an influenza B. When they started adding a second influenza B to make it quadrivalent, uh, it was so pro-inflammatory. They had to pull a lot of those off the market because they were making people horribly sick with because they just added that fourth virus. And um, they, when they've done like measles, mumps, rubella, and chickenpox, they call that pro-quad. When they added that fourth virus from the chickenpox to the measles, mumps, and rubella, people were, kids were getting seizures, seizures. We had to pull it off the market on and off and reformulate it multiple times. Well, here's a brand, two brand new viruses, Omicron variant BA4, Omicron variant BA5, and a new influenza virus from the previous year, mix those all up in a vital and just stick it in your arm. Sure, why not? We have a test. You be the guinea pig. Let's just go and do it. People have got to understand that they, right now, as we speak, if you are willing to allow any of this stuff to be injected into you, you are the test subject. You're it. You're part of the experiment. And the experiment is? to see what's going to happen with you when you when you get these shots. I mean, they either want you sick, sick and a customer for life on, you know, long, you know, we know from the Pfizer documents, there's more than 1,100 different conditions and side effects that were caused by the Pfizer shot before they even released it. More than 1,100 affecting every organ system in the body. They knew it. So they knew it. So they either want you to be customer for life if you survive, or they want you dead because they've openly stated they want 3.5 billion people off the planet. They're Satanists. They're a cult. They Who's are. They? Now, when we come back, I want to hear when you say they, you know, the global agenda, they want us, you know, to. So we'll come back and I want to hear who the they is. Okay. We'll be yep. back. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash grief relief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash grief relief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm talking with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny about COVID-19 inoculations and the side effects, the dangers, loss of life. So right before we took a break, Dr. Sherry, you said they are using these jabs to lower the world population. And I said, when we come back, I'd like to hear who the they is, who who this global they well, is. Well, we can start with the Gates, with Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and all the many, many fingers and tentacles that the Gates Foundation is involved with. The World Economic Forum, United Nations, the World Health, the World Health Organization, and then their masters, who I believe their masters who pay them and tell them what to do are BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and probably Berkshire Hathaway. And so the people that own everything and, and have, I mean, literally own everything, you cannot think of a single product or service in the world that isn't, isn't at least partially owned by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, and to a lesser degree, Berkshire Hathaway. 
So this is where everything is. They own everything from movies to television, to the, to the networks, to products, to fertilizer, to food, uh, everything. And so they are the they who've decided that with artificial intelligence and automation, we don't need people doing mindless jobs anymore. We don't need to take care of people when they get sick or they need maternity leave or they, if someone dies, they need you know time off to take care of that family member. Um, we don't need that. We don't want those people on the planet. So in fact, there's large Fortune 300 companies now that are paying up to $3,000 if a woman gets pregnant to give her $3,000 to go and abort her baby. I mean, you know, there's long lists. I was surprised. It was been a few weeks since I've looked at that list, but like Nike's on that list. I mean, there's a lot of familiar brands that are paying their employees to go have an abortion because they they there's too many people on the planet and they don't want another young person for 18 years to be on their insurance plans. And um, and they don't want their mother, the, the woman missing time off from work if their kids get sick. So it's just, we'll just pay you three up to $3,000 uh, to go wherever you need to go to have an abortion. And this is the despicable things happening inside of our country right now. And, and you know, so, and this all is expressed in these jabs. It's like, it, the agenda is global depopulation. That's, you know, that, that's been around. I mean, Kissinger first said it. He was the one who said it well, back in the 70s about what are we going to do with all these worthless eaters out there? I mean, that was what he, he said it back in the 70s. So this has been a long term plan. I mean, they don't need, you know, this huge amount of people that they just that are, you know, taking up they're being a drain on the environment and contributing carbon footprints to their precious little, you know, um, global warming agendas you know, which we know is not true at all. It's really scary. And it, and it's like, it's so worse than Brave New World, George Orwell, you know, it, it, it's like really hard to conceive because people think about their leaders, you know, their political leaders as daddies, you know, you're out to look out and it's like, yeah, who's your daddy? Truly, <laughs> truly, who is your daddy? Who's your daddy, right? So- you said to me the last time you were on the show, you better be prepared for helping people because there are going to be so many massive, you know, like a massive exodus of people out of their bodies. You're going to have to be helping so many people to reconnect with their loved ones in spirit. And you're already, are you seeing the trend upward? Because I had seen that, you know, people were saying so many were leaving their bodies since the inception of the COVID uh, pandemic. But in reality, before the inoculations, the numbers were no higher at all. The, you know, the death rates from one year, it was no different. But now the numbers are up, right? The numbers are through the roof. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we now have, I mean, I, I looked a couple of days ago, more than 30,000 deaths reported to VAERS, which we know it's less than 1% of actual deaths get reported to VAERS. That's 30,000 there. There's 50,000 deaths that have been reported and the equivalent to VAERS in the, in the EU um, um, number collecting. Um, you know, um, um, Steve Kirsch and um, Dowd, what's his first name? Edwin Dowd. They've crunched the numbers. They think there's been 12 million deaths worldwide, 12 million deaths worldwide. We know, as in the VAERS database, there's 1.4 million people that have been injured. 57% of them, I read somewhere, 57% are in chronic disability. And I and I wrote an article on Baxter. It was called um, Help, Help Wanted Signs Everywhere, Where Are the Workers? Well, I think many of them are sick or they're dead. And we're looking at this huge death. I mean, the all-cause mortality that was released by some of the actuarial data out of a, a, a life insurance company in Indiana, the all-cause mortality of people between the ages of 18 and 64 was through the roof. It was like a huge multiple um, over the year before of these people, just young people in the prime of their lives, 20s, 30s, and 40s. And we've got this silly diagnosis now calling it sudden adult death syndrome, where, you know, completely healthy people, nothing in the world wrong with them. They just drop over dead, except, oh, by the way, did you bother to ask them whether or not they've had a COVID shot within the last three months? And the ones that they have asked, the answer is unequivocally yes. We see all of these professional athletes. We see all of the, you know, the the soccer players and the 
and the tennis players that are just you know dropping out because of the myocarditis and the heart disease that they have. These are young people in their 20s and 30s at the very top of their game, the best act, act the best performances ever that are just dying from these shots. You know, yeah. more than 900 professional dead athletes from heart attacks. It's oh, well, that just happens. That just happens. It's carry just, on, oh, yes. carry on. Nothing to look at here. Carry on. Right. right. You know, this is so, I, I, this personally hit home for me, Dr. Sherry. I was looking for a, somebody to make curtains for me in my house. And I had gone two times to a local fabric store. And there was a gay couple there. And I saw them twice. And they didn't have fabric that I wanted. I wake up in the morning about two weeks ago and I hear my husband in spirit telling me, go back there. And I'm thinking, why go back there? They don't have any fabric for me. I go back and there's a third man there. And I take one look at him and I think, I know this man. He looks just like the guy who made my curtains from Kingston, New York. You know, he was the curtain guy for decades. He walks up to me, says, aren't you Dr. Jamie? I say, yes. He says, I made your curtains in Kingston, New York. I moved here four years ago. Wow. So I'm thinking this was my husband sending me there, right? So that I would meet this guy and I'd have that continuity and he'd make my curtains. Long story short, I call last week to speak to him. The two owners are crying that he dropped dead the night before of a heart attack. and. He had found out, he thought his wife had what they called long haul COVID following the jab, but it turned out she had some kind of leukemia. And the day that he found out about the leukemia is the day that he left his body from a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So I realized I had been sent into that store not to have help to make my curtains, but so that I would be able to reach out to his wife who now has cancer following the jab and lost her husband. So I had to reach out to her and get, you know, her copy of Love Never Dies and start to help her to reconnect. But this is the my first really firsthand experience with this. And it's, I know that it's happening all over like this. I predict that by this time next year, or maybe even sooner, maybe even by summer next year, there will not be, if people are willing to open their eyes. There will not be a single person in the United States for sure, and probably in Europe and other places in the world that isn't going to have a, at least one story like what you just said, at least one. You know, my business partner that we do our boot camps with, you know, in the spring, the fall, we do our boot camps. My business partner, last time I talked to him, which was a few weeks ago, 63 people in his life had died of the jab. And these are all people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And the people who are still alive are chronically sick. He said they went to a 4th of July party in the small town where he lives, a smallish town, where they kind of all know each other. And he and his wife and their kids have, have no shots. They've not had any shots of any kind. And they're healthy and robust. And they're talking to all of their friends because they're in their 40s. And talking to all of their friends and all of their friends are talking about, they ne they never had this before, but now they have fill in the blank. They have diabetes, they have heart disease, they have atrial fibrillation, they have chronic diarrhea, they have memory loss, they have fill in the blank. And he said that he and his wife, when they went home that night, they were like, I wonder how many of those friends are going to be at next year, or even going to be alive by next year. And these are people that have little kids. I know. Tell me this, because, you know, you and I both are very intuitive. And as soon as I started hearing about people getting the, the jab, I got this energetic fearfulness. I thought, I'm afraid to be around them. This was just a, a, a message that I got. And then I started hearing about the spike proteins that are exuded from people who have received the jab. So <clears throat> can you talk about... What are the, the, the spike proteins? Do they transmit the COVID to people who are near people who have been jabbed? It's not like viral shedding. It's something else. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah, and we'll talk about that a lot on our webinar this weekend, you know, on the 25th or the 24th that we're having our webinar. It's a Saturday morning from 10 to noon. Um, it's a two, two to two and a half hour presentation, and then we'll take a little, short little break, and then we'll have Q&A up until two o'clock. And we'll talk about this whole concept of transmission, which I've been talking about for two years. I mean, transmission is really the spike protein that we think, we think that where we are with this now is that the spike protein ends up like an exosome and ends up with a little lip, a little coating around it and it goes out as a spittle and it and it and it spreads from skin to skin contact and it 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 can give you anything unlike a shedding like a shedding of like a live virus let's say if you shed if you got a chickenpox vaccine and that's a live virus vaccine and you shed that virus and you were susceptible and I was around you you would get chickenpox when you shed these spike proteins you can get anything, excuse me, you can get any of those more than 1,100 diseases and conditions that we talked about. So it could be anything. It could be a lot of the things that we're seeing is, is irregular menstrual cycles, irregular heavy bleeding, um, but we're also seeing arrhythmias. We see people that end up with all kinds of GI problems, and it's from being around the vaccinated, being around the people that have been injected with this genetic modification technology and the messenger RNA that has been genetically modified that we know now that that continues to make spike proteins for at least six months, at least six months, you are continuing to be a toxin factory. You create your own spike proteins. I mean, that's why, remember, I don't know if you remember early on, but Bill Gates was bragging about the fact that once you get these... Um, once you get these uh, injections, once you get these injections, you become your own vaccine manufacturer. You just keep making your own vaccine. It's because it keeps replicating over and over again, making more spike protein. And the spike protein can directly harm you, make you sick, or the antibody to the spike protein can directly harm you, make you sick. People have volunteered to participate in their own poisoning. And isn't it then true that the people who have been vaccinated or jabbed become like weaponized tools of destruction because if they're shedding if they're shedding the spike protein they are now transmitting problems to people who aren't jabbed yep that's exactly right so how do you protect yourself if you uh i mean because you don't want to become a hermit you don't want to make people stand 10 feet away from you when they're talking to you. And I don't even know that our own innate immunity is sufficient to protect you from the receiving of the spike proteins. Well, that's why I'm a really big fan and of, of ivermectin. And I know because ivermectin globs onto the spike protein and neutralizes, it also blocks the, the ACE2 receptors that the spike protein binds to to get inside of your organ and to cause mischief. And so um, I personally take ivermectin prophylactically. I take it twice a week. I take it on Sunday and on Thursday. There's nothing magical about those days, except those are the days that I remember to take it for particular reasons. And so um, I, and when I don't take it, I, and I'm out and about and I'm around people that I know have been injected, I just don't feel well. And so I just, for me personally, it's, I think the best preventive. And I think that for me personally, I will take it for as long as I stay on this planet. And as long as we are still doing this nonsensical injection stuff. So when you say you don't feel well on the days you don't take it, that doesn't mean you necessarily actually become sick with a mm -hmm. spike protein, but it's just more of an energetic thing. Something is telling you I, I'm receiving something in my field. I don't feel very well. Right. Or, you know, or, or you'll just feel kind of really tired and kind of a little bit nauseated and just almost like you're going to get the flu, like that sort of feeling, because I've had an exposure. I mean, I'm a, a public person. I'm out in the public a lot. I have patients in the office and some of them have gotten injected. I mean, it's just um, it's just being around people who are exuding these spike proteins. And so I just I it, I just. I, for me personally, this is my choice. That's how you feel. And That's the other feel. thing is, is the mode, do, the, do you um, receive the spike protein through your nose, your eyes, your ears, or like you said, skin to skin? How it's are contact. you? It's so contact. it has to be direct contact. It ha isn't just somebody talking near you and some kind of, you know. I don't think that it's an inhale. It's because it's very heavy. And so I think it's, if it would be like somebody, 
is talking to you. I guess if you're this close talking to them, they could probably do something. But most people have a, a normal social distance away just out of, you know, courtesy. But if they if they spit, you know, a little spit comes out and ends up on contact and then you are contacting that contact, you know, I believe that there is a potential for people to spread things that way. So I mean, contact, you mean, in other words, the spittle goes on your skin or on a surface, not mm -hmm. so much that you breathe it in. Correct. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf talking with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny about COVID-19 inoculations, the dangers, the long-term effects. And so you also, I think in your in your event that's coming up on the 24th, you're going to, are you going to be talking about Marburg monkeypox and the polio virus scare tactics? A little bit because there's not a whole lot that needs to be said about it other than um, it's a scare tactic. I mean, these people have weaponized fear and they know how to use it uh, as a deadly weapon. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what polio really is and what it really isn't. We're going to talk a little bit about Marburg viruses and why they really don't transmit very well. And we're going to talk a little bit about monkeypox and uh, um, and what they have probably done to weaponize the monkeypox, you know. And but it's you know these are all things that they you know they learned they people who are doing this stuff, um, you know they're smart people and they've been planning this for fifty years. This just didn't come up over you know a weekend where they just like on the back of a napkin decided to write out this plan. I mean it's been going on for a long time. And every time they have run the flagpole up about a pandemic, you know, when they did H5N1, when they did bird flu in 2005, then they did H1N1, they did, you know, um, swine flu in 2011. And then they did, you know, we had a SARS outbreak in 2002. And, you know, and all of these different things, it was like a market test. So they did this thing. And then it went away. And then they would e analyze and evaluate the data. How far were we able to push the agenda? How many people participated? How many people blew it off? How many people this? Now, they're smart people. They have trillions of dollars at their disposal. They can talk to any number-crunching researcher out there and pay for their services. So they knew, they know what is happening. And they learned very quickly that in this, in fact, it was the very first article that I wrote back in March of 2020. I can't find these data anymore. They've scrubbed the internet of it. But uh, when I wrote this article, I said, you know, that um, in the first six weeks, there were more than 2.1 billion fear-based messages that went out across the airwaves. And as we know, every newscast says that they get a script, they get it first thing in the morning, and they all say the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're in, in Kansas City or Tampa, you get the same message in the morning. And so they learned very quickly with this fear-based stuff and shut everything down and wear a mask and stay home and close your business and keep your kids out of school. And now you got to put ki your kids in masks. This would have stopped the first six weeks if people would have just said, not only no, but hell no, not doing that. I'm going to up my vitamin C, my vitamin D. I'm going to wash my hands. You know, I'm going to do normal precautions. You, If there was a bad flu that season, you know, I would take lots of D, lots of C, take some N-acetylcysteine, take some quercetin and some zinc. And, you know, if I'm out and about, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to find some ivermectin. I'm going to have that on board. And I'm just going to live my life. And if people would have just done that, 
this would have this would have never gotten any traction. In fact, early on, I had read somewhere on some sort of a report that, you know, they just thought this was going to be just another trial balloon, another like bird flu or something like that, except the Americans rolled over. And they knew they were much further down the path on their global agenda because nobody resisted until months into this, until they'd after absolutely destroyed economies of the world they shut down entire industries like the like the the travel industry the cruise industry um anything that had to do with small town i mean all of those small towns in europe that every summer that they depend on those tourists come in there to sell their little tchotchkes and have the different things that they have i mean they're really um they ruined everything and it wasn't until what a year year and a half later that people crawled out from underneath their fear-based blanket and looked around and said maybe i can come out now and not have to wear a mask except a lot of them still do really dr jamie if they try to do this again and people just roll over i mean i i, I just wouldn't even know what to say to them i just would not even know what to say you know it's um the first step in ruling a population is to induce fear. This is how Hitler came to power by terrifying people. And then <clears throat> when you're afraid, you regress back to a more childlike state and you are then subjectable to the parental's rule because I'm scared. Let daddy come in and protect me. So now I'm going to be like a sheep heading down the gangplank toward my slaughter. But daddy says this is the way he's going to protect me. But the first step is to buy into the fear. Yep. And they did. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, it's like the Stockholm syndrome, right? You know, after a while, you're grateful that your that your uh, prisoner, your prison guards, you know, when they don't beat you as much, they let off the foot off their boot off the back of your neck a little bit. Oh, it's better now. Oh, you know, they're 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 treating us better now because when you once you lose what you lose, you don't get it back. And um, I've just, you know, there's a lot of projection predictions of what might be coming this fall. You know, there's a big thing now about, you know, end of September, first part of October. We've all been talking for a long time. I mean, what are they going to pull to try to, you know, trash these elections this time around? Oh. I mean, what are they going to try to do so that people have to be locked down, stay home? You know, only electronic mail-in votes. Well, we know how that worked, you know, and stuff. And so what are they going to do to try to destroy? Um, and, but if so, if people really... Don't just go, yeah, yeah, whatever, and go on about their life. I, I don't even know what to say about that. I really don't. Sure. And if they get all, if they get all, you know, and if, and I think that Marburg is going to be the next thing they'll throw out there, the Marburg virus, which is the Ebola virus, because they have a few stock photos that they've been using since the 80s of people with blood coming out of their eyes and their orifices because that's what a hemorrhagic virus does. It, it just it disrupts your clotting abilities. And so they've got a few a few stock photos of that out of the Central African Congo, and they'll show people with their big, you know, hazmat suits all on. And all I can think of is if they were able to terrorize people to death, literally to death, by showing a couple people passing out in a subway and falling over and saying, see, COVID made them die. We don't even know that they died. They may have just passed out from hypoglycemia. We don't even know. And so if we had the entire world afraid enough to run out and get an experimental injection in their body that could either make them sick or kill them over the long haul, experimentally inject things into their children who don't even get COVID, don't even get, you know, coronavirus infections. If we it could terrorize people enough over a coronavirus, then we show people a few pictures of people with blood coming out their eyes. And oh my gosh, the whole world is going to fall over again. And, right. here's, and, here's, and here's what I think will happen. If they start doing that, and if people don't just go, yeah, whatever, those stock photos, seen them before about five times over the last 10 years, that's nothing new. And if they don't start doing that and, and, and just kind of saying, no, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to go along with it this time, um, then it, it will never get anything back ever. It'll be over. It'll be done. And I think that they'll show people those pictures. And here's what the other thing I think will happen is that because they've already they've already passed and licensed, they've already ASIP has already approved uh, an Ebola vaccine, 
And an Ebola vaccine is a live virus vaccine. They've already approved to giving it to women. And they did that in February of 2020. I'll tell you, I went to the CDC to the ACIP meeting. This was in, in, in Atlanta at the end of February of 2020, because that was when this whole COVID stuff was starting to fire up. And I thought, well, I'm going to go down and hear it from the horse's mouth. Let's hear what they have to say about this stuff. So I'm at this day and a half meeting, two weeks before they shut everything down in the world. And what did they talk about that entire meeting? Ebola vaccines. There was, there was one gal that got up right before lunch and talked for 10 minutes about SARS-CoV-2 and, and Corona. And, that, and she got a little one of these. And that was it. The rest of the time, they approved the Ebola vaccine. They approved it and licensed it. They approved it for pregnant women. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to say, we have a vaccine rate ready for Ebola after they've terrorized people. But there's a limited supply. And we're only going to give it to those who've already had their COVID shots. Oh, gosh. In order to drive more of those horrible technologies of those COVID shots into people because they're going to be so afraid and they want that Ebola shot. Well, if in order to get that Ebola shot, I've got to get a SARS-CoV-2 shot, I'm going to get it. Now, I have no proof of that. I have no documentation. I have no anything anywhere other than I've been in this industry a really long time and I know what they, I know the evil that they do. And so that would not surprise me at all. And quite frankly, almost everything that I've said about this shot and what's going to happen um, since March of 2020, almost everything I've said has come true. Sadly, it's come Sadly true. Sadly is right. So in the last couple of minutes, I want to make sure everybody knows how to register for your upcoming workshop webinar on September 24th. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, if you go to, I mean, there's, you can get it directly by going to drtenpenny.com forward slash product forward slash the shots. You can get it that way, or you can just go to drtenpenny.com and there's an education tab. If you just click on the education tab right underneath there, it says mechanisms of injury, a year in review. And we will also be do doing an analysis of the 146 shots that are in the developmental pipeline. Now I'm not going through each one of them. I'm sort of summarizing it and for giving people, for instance, of what they need to know and what's coming. Because a lot of things that are in phase one, phase two trials, they may never make it down the pathway. But when they're in the phase three trials and they're already doing lar larger human studies, because everybody says, well, if it doesn't have a messenger RNA in it, then it's probably okay and I can get that one. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. Yeah. And also, people, you have a show page on Ask Dr. Love. Dot com on your show page we'll have the show this show recording and we'll have a link there for your webinar for the webinar great that's yes. awesome it'll be on that page it's actually on the page already so in the last minute what do you want to leave everyone with as a parting message the most important thing that you can do in your life really and this has been my message this entire year is get your life right with the Lord. I mean, you really need to know where you're going to spend eternity because even if you live another hundred years on this planet, it's a, just a speck in time compared to all of eternity. So, you know, it's more, you know, your body's going to be your body. You're going to be in it or out of it, but where your soul's going to be is the most important thing. And do not, and the Bible says more than 300 times, fear not. So dig out those verses, start looking at them. And because I said, said for the last two years, if God bothered to repeat himself that much, it was probably pretty important. Right. And God is love. Right. Exactly. I love you. I love having you always. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. I hope that you feel well and that you stay strong and healthy for the fight that you have ahead. Thank you. All righty. Thank you so much for being with me. And you know, when you have new information that you want to share, just let me know. We'll do that. We'll have you back. Thank you. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at askdrlove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Thank you.